How you doing? I feel like I feel like uh, the theme song to Welcome Back Cotter has been on my mind just to repeat, like, welcome back, you know. And if you join us online, I'm so glad you're with us. Good morning. We are in the spin cycle. We are going to wrap our series today. This is the step-by-step process that that the Father gave Peter to explain what it means to move from an old life in sin to a new life in Christ, how we develop that walk. And it talks about it in 2 Peter 1 and in 1 Peter. We're going to look at both today. But the process really is the amazement that comes by knowing that the King of Kings stepped out of heaven to become our sin debt, that He would love us that way. We gain knowledge of that, and that amazes us to the point where we recognize we have to walk in a new way. We have to apply self-control so that we can begin to walk in His way as ambassadors of His kingdom versus the way we once did. And that leads us to become. It leads us to take action or to persevere to become the very people that He intended us to be before the foundation of the world, before we were all tainted with that selfishness and that sin that we were all born into. And we do this because we're accountable. We're accountable to bear godliness, His fruit of who He is, that we would show that we belong to something other than this world, that we're no longer who we once were, because He gave His life that we would be ambassadors, welcomed into his family, but get to represent his kingdom of the world. So we're on mission for him. It's evident by the mutual affection we have for one another, the way we treat one another. And that comes forth through our unconditional love for others because he gave it to us in our deeds, our good deeds, or his goodness. Now, the Bible says that if we will appropriate the love and good deeds of Jesus, they will also gain knowledge of Him. So this process that Peter gives us is not only one that builds upon one another, that it's linear, that it literally step by step, it, it starts to manifest. But it's also circular because when we come to the place of love and good deeds manifest by Him, not ourselves, others gain knowledge of Him. They have hope of a, a love that exceeds the limitations of this world. And how many of you know that we have love that... Lim- is limited in this world. How many of you have some shortcomings? How many of you know that your love has limits? Y'all have met Lynn Taylor, right? Okay, so we trust ourselves to him and his process. And the word says our goodness is like filthy rags. Unless we accept his imputed righteousness on us, then we will never love them like he intended. So let me read it for you from 2 Peter 1, one last time. You can always refer back to here. And then I'm going to preach to us today on three verses from 1 Peter to explain love and good deeds. He says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to godness, goodness, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of Jesus Christ." 
Now, you notice that at the end of verse 7, it says love, and at the beginning or the middle of verse 5, it says goodness, because this is intended to be circular, that all life and growth patterns are cyclical. And so we are seeking to, out of the knowledge and amazement we have of God loving us and placing His Spirit within us and empowering us to love others like He would, we manifest love and good deeds. But I'm so excited to be with you this morning. I want to pray and ask us just to turn our attention right now as we get into 1 Peter to the one who really is due our attention. It's not for me. It's not for Lynn. It's not for the fellowship we've gathered. We've gathered for Jesus. So, Father, we just ask in the next few moments, you'd pierce our hearts, open our minds, and you direct our attention to the one who's truly due glory, and that's your son. So we pray that he'd speak directly to our hearts right now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For 1 Peter 1, verses 22 to 25, I'm going to work backwards, uh, break down each point from 25 to 22, these, these texts today, and we're going to look at what love and goodness looks like from his perspective. Now, I think it's important that we know that God expects us to manifest the love and good deeds of Jesus. We can read of Jesus' ministry through the Gospels, and that's important. It's incredibly important, so you see his example. But I know you were thinking it, and I appreciate you asking, what does it look like for us to manifest ministry like that, Justin? That's a great question. Here's where it says it, right here. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living, enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. I'm going to give you a statement. It has each of our points in it today, but it is the driving force behind what we're talking about. Here it is. We just sang about atmosphere. I want us to recognize no, where, no matter where you go, just like David brought back the Ark of the Covenant to the people of Israel, we usher the very presence of God with us wherever we enter a room because His Spirit indwells us. We've been empowered to love like Him. And so here it is. The world gains knowledge of His love, the love of Jesus, a love that exceeds the world. When the church of Jesus is motivated, mindful, and manifesting a love that exceeds this world. It starts with motivation. Verse 25 says, but the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word that was preached to you. I want to focus on this emphasis around the word word for a moment. Here, he uses a different word than we normally see used in the New Testament. I'll explain in a moment. His introduction to the world, John takes the gospel of Jesus, and he says in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. Verse 14 says, The word became flesh and his dwelling, made his dwelling among us. We have beheld or seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So who does John say the word is? Real simple answer here. You've been saying it all your life in Sunday school. The word is, oh man, I'll say it with J-E, Jesus. Okay, so he's saying the word is Jesus. And the very message or the ministry of Jesus is that gospel that was preached to us. 
He makes a focus here that the Word made flesh in John 1 was the answer, the remedy for the problem that came to us in Genesis 3 where we read about the fall of man. And everyone has been born into sin since that moment. We've been born with a defect. We've been tainted with sin and selfishness since that moment because of the first parents, Adam and Eve, who decided to choose to worship themselves in a moment and just not honor God with their presence. Here's the thing I want to tell you. A lot of times we pray, God, we want to bring you glory. Here's the deal. The Word says that whether you choose to give Him glory or not, the rocks will cry out. So here's the deal. You and I don't have to turn and go, we want to give you glory. He's going to receive glory regardless. He's the King of kings, Lord of lords, every new bow, every tongue confess. Amen? What we get to do is choose to honor Him with our presence. And that's a choice. We get to choose to honor Him. And He says, the Word made flesh. And John 1 was also the answer in Genesis 3. Upon reading what happened immediately after the fall, Jesus, or the Father, gives to them the problem, what the curse that they've endured. But then he also speaks to the one who cursed them. He speaks to the enemy. He speaks to Satan, the serpent. And he says in Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And if you read that from the New King James Version, you're going to see that her seed is capitalized S, meaning it's going to be a person, a proper pronoun. It's going to be the Messiah, the one we've waited on, Jesus. So the Word made flesh in John 1 was the answer to the problem in Genesis 3. So many of us have a tendency to believe that Jesus just showed up in the Gospels as an answer to the problem. But here's the thing. Immediately after humans had a problem with sin, God had an answer. And that answer went before our problem, because he foresaw that too. So the, the word made flesh in John 1 is the seed that was promised in Genesis 3. The living and enduring word of the Lord, it says in verse 25. He's the man Jesus. And his life and ministry is the message of the gospel. Now, this word here, when it says word in the Greek, is ramah. It's not logos which we normally see used in the New Testament. Logos is a broader reference to Scripture altogether, but Ramah is a special word. It's a special word because especially when you put it next to the Greek word for preach or euagelesen, this word text next to that word for preach means something very specific. He's talking about a specific message, not the broader Scripture. He's talking about the good news or the gospel of Jesus itself. And so both were given to us. Both seeds were put in us. The seed came and he had a message. That seed was that message was implanted within us. You see, Jesus is eternal. And that message is also eternal. And it leads to eternity. It leads to new life. We were intended from the beginning, before the fall in three of Genesis, we were intended for eternity. But the gospel, and without it, We'd still be in death, but the gospel, that seed that came forth from him, made us pass from physical death to eternal life. Because what the fall gained us was physical death. And the only way that other people in the world who are still trapped in sin, headed for physical death, gain knowledge of Jesus is when the people of Jesus, his church, trust him, trust this message, and act exactly like he did. Now, this is not requiring perfection. But it does require purity. Amen? And how many of you know and you've experienced the difference? He speaks that we must be mindful of this in verses 23 and 24. Here's what it says. 
It says, For you have been born again, much like he told Nicholas in chapter, uh, Nicodemus in chapter 3 of John, that we have to be born of his spirit, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flower falls. Then he goes on to say about this word. What's important here is this. Loving differently means that we have to see things differently. It means that we have to see things from his perspective. So when, jo- when Jesus is approached by Nicodemus, and he literally says, you have to be born again, Nicodemus, not of flesh, not of woman, but by my spirit, the thing that is imperishable, not the perishable thing that the moment you were born, you began a dying process. The moment you took your first breath, you were already decaying. He says you have to be born from a place of, of the spirit. Rebirth is required. And there's two ways to see this seed here. There's the man, the Messiah, which we've mentioned, the enduring word, which will become flesh and walk amongst us and be expected as a church to live his example, but also the gospel message. That message about the gospel, the prophecy and the promise that came before Jesus, even showed up, and it was evident in Genesis 3. The seed of the woman, Jesus, versus the seed of the serpent, which led to death. Gospel in Genesis 3. There's a prophecy of God's remedy for sin in Jesus the Messiah, which comes immediately after said fall. I need us to get this because here's why that example is used. That's why the illustration of seed is used. The seed is the basic source for all of life. We all know that life begins at a seed. The gospel being that seed here in verses 23 and 24 and verses 25 is this. That seed is imperishable, born of the Spirit, means that it is the only thing that lives forever. And you and I can live eternally Never die. He says that you'll never taste death if you just trust upon this. You'll live and you exceed this world. But see, being born of an earthly seed, which every single one of us entered the world with, tainted by sin, is marred with sin and always leads to death. So again, the moment you took your first breath, you began a dying process. You and I began to physically die. We began a decaying process. The only thing that reverses that process so that our spirit will live on even when this body stops. is being born of that imperishable scene, being reborn by his spirit. Our vantage point on this reality leads us to live and invest in a certain way. When we see things from his perspective, we start to manage everything in our life by an imperishable versus a perishable investment. In Matthew 6, he said, make sure that you're investing in the things that are eternal, not temporal, because this is perishing away. And I love the example he gives in verses 23 and 24 because he talks about people and he talks about their pursuits and he talks about how people and their pursuits are passing away. Look, he says that the, all people are like grass and their glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. Verse 24 says the grass, the grass will wither. And why does he use the issue of a flower? Here's this, how many of you have met someone who rises above the average? How many of you know someone who, either through wealth or status or academia, just kind of is head and shoulders above others around us? Okay, they're just not average. Okay, he says this, The grass withers, and even those who grow above the majority, as beautiful as flowers in this world, rising above the grass or the moral majority, the average populace, in the end, it all goes away. The flowers fall. So the flowers representing those who are a little above average, the grass being those that are 
just the rest of us. Here it is. Physical death is a great equalizer. And he's saying the great equalizer means that in their graves, people, whether rich or educated or poor and of no influence, are the same, the exact same. Eternity bears fruit of an earthly tending to a gospel seed that all disciples of Jesus have been trusted with. So you need to recognize that when we started by our first cry, we started a death process. And it doesn't matter what we ascribe to or what we achieve. It doesn't matter how high we rise. It all falls away is what he's saying here. And so we need to start looking at people as if trapped in death and their soul is the thing we are after to truly love them, that we would take the message of a king that would love them beyond themselves, beyond himself, that would step away from the throne and come and walk amongst us, and has now called his church, now called us to lift their needs above our own and not to cower back by what they've accomplished and not to admire them for what they may have, but to recognize when they take their last breath, which is coming, they will be just like the uneducated, the homeless, those who had nothing. They will be worm food, just the same as you and I. We have an opportunity. It's called ministry. And His love and good deeds can be manifest through us. Verse 22 says it like this. Now that you yourselves have been purified, by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. Like looking at people as if they were created in the very image of God, instead of allowing ourselves to be separated by the categories that we put on people, whether it be high or low, just treat people with enough dignity to see them as the image of God reflected and love them for being human. You see, the true, the, the capital S seed in Genesis 3, the seed bore seed, this gospel message, into us. And we have an ability to bear that gospel seed into others by the way that we love and the way that we treat them. Loving beyond our own limits by submission to His Spirit. But how many of you know, again, you have limits? And you've had your limits tested maybe during quarantine. And it wouldn't be except by submission to His Spirit and finding time with Him alone to allow yourself to confess where you've missed it, where your flesh fails, and where you need His Spirit to empower you to love those who are immediately around you because you just can't take one more mommy, mommy, mommy. You know what I'm talking about? You can't take one more snide comment or a word under the breath from your spouse or your coworker or your friends or your neighbor or your son who's 15 and just... Inflicted with adolescence. Do you know what I'm talking about? That you have the ability to love these people through His Spirit and love them unconditionally like He did. Love them like John 4 shows us that Jesus approached the woman at the well that should have never been a conversation that ever happened. By law standards, He should have died for engaging a woman in private of such a heinous nature. But he goes to her because he sees her bearing his very image. He remembers her when he created her before the foundation of the world. And he treats her with dignity, loving her soul. And he engages her, ultimately shows that love, saving her. And that leads to an entire people in Samaria coming to him. 
Jesus loved the tax collectors. I know that doesn't hold a lot of weight with us today. Maybe it should. But a tax collector there, they was the worst. He loved the prostitutes. He loved the sinner. And the truth is, he loved the least of us and spent his ministry even calling tax collectors and thieves to himself as disciples where other people would have been ostracized. He put his hands on people who had leprosy, which would have been otherwise completely, completely dismissed by the rest of culture. He loved people that were otherwise seen as unseen and unlovely. The question is, does his church, who do you spend time with? Are we found amongst the least ever? Do we spend time with people who otherwise have a heinous reputation? who the world has already been taken advantage of, or they've been taken advantage by it, and they're desperate and just want hope. Death is the great equalizer. Does the gospel and the reality that you have in the gospel have passed from death to life motivate you to manifest a love that exceeds your limitations for every single person you come into contact with? The people that God has entrusted to you, whether high or low. Are you willing to be a light amongst the dark? It says in John 1 that he was the light and that light was the light of men. In Matthew 5, he says that we have been called to be the salt and the light of the earth. In Hebrews 12, it says we have to have a willingness to be remade. He says this in verse 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders Every sin that so easily entangles, walk away from the dark and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. Because we have a limited time fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning, not scorning its shame, but sat down at the right hand of the Father. We need to consider him and endure such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Here it is. John 16, he said, you are going to have trouble in this world, but do not lose heart. I've already overcome the world. I've already defeated the manifestation of the sin or the seed that comes from the evil one. That was death. That's been defeated in you. But how many people are walking around still ensnared by death in darkness, but you're interacting with them all the time? And you love them by your own limitations. You love them by your own limited capacity when all the while, all we got to do is tap in to the very power that He's put within us and love them beyond the darkness. Let the light shine into it. As we were talking about, as we were singing before, that the light comes and the darkness won't overcome it. Everywhere you go, because you carry the presence of God with you, the atmosphere changes. Let me ask you this. How has the seed of the gospel remade you? Was there anyone kinder than Jesus? If you bear his image, are you the kindest person in every room that you walk into? Do you even make that your goal? To be the most thoughtful, the most kind individual that walks into any room that you walk into, even if that room is in your own home with those who are supposed to have grace for you because they know exactly who you are. Remember that old hymn? Not, not, the, not like one of the verses we used to sing a couple years ago that gets old real fast. and not, not the old hymns that you learned when you went to visit Grandma's church. Not, not that. The one that you learned at VBS, the one that you learned when you walked into preschool for the first time, 
and they started singing this little light of mine. I'm going to I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. I'm going to let it be out there because I'm offering hope. And I'm also not going to let the enemy try to it out. I'm going to persevere. Here's why. Oswald Chambers said it perfectly. He says this. It is not what a man does that is of final importance, but what he is in what he does. The atmosphere produced by a man much more than his activities has lasting influence. The band comes back and they would ask you, are you motivated by the fact that you were ransomed from death by the priceless blood of Jesus and given the imperishable seed of the gospel that you might live forever? Man, I am so grateful that I get to approach life from a place of victory. I'm not trying to earn it. Does this even motivate us this morning to share this truth with others who are still enslaved to death? Enough that we would live before them selflessly so they may know him. And know what he truly did for them. This morning, the atmosphere you produce has lasting influence. Will that atmosphere be one that invests in eternity? Father, we love you and we thank you for loving us. We ask that today our response be one that is pleasing to you. Whatever you want, we pray we do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I'm asking you three things. Number one, are you motivated to live differently when you leave this place and you came in because you're mindful of the cost he paid for you. When you walk into a room, does the atmosphere you create point to Jesus or does it point to you and continued death, spiritual death for those that are in your life, your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors? We have a responsibility, church. We need to own it. And today, if you are listening and you're going, I have so much on me, I need prayer. Will you let us pray for you? Please send your request to prayer at thefellowship.cc. We'd love to minister to you through that way. We'd love to walk alongside you, come beside you. As we sing right now, in this time of prayer, be a time of response truly to him, no one else. I pray that you would think on these things and think on the responsibility that we all have because of what he did for us. Church, he loves you. Let's respond to him.